33 is kind of where we're going to base today. I want to just admit right up front, this is one of those sermons that I'm going to admit it's hard to preach. Uh, We're preaching about hypocrisy. We're talking about what would Jesus undo by being a hypocrite. We say one thing, we do another. We say we're one thing, but we live another. And it's one of those things, it's just hard to preach, but it's biblical, and it's something we need to hear, and I think it's something Jesus would undo in our life. There's a story about two brothers who were well-known around town for the crooked business that they would do and the dealings and the underworld circumstances of their life. They were mean and cold-blooded, as you could ever imagine. Eventually, one of the brothers died, so the other brother went to the funeral home to make their arrangements and called the minister because this guy wanted a funeral that was fit for a king for his brother, as mean as they were. So he goes to the funeral, makes all the arrangements, goes to the minister and says, I will give you $10,000 to put the new roof on the church if you'll say something good about my brother, if you'll call him a saint. The minister agreed. Believe it or not, that happens more than what you think. You know, people want you to say something good about somebody that's really a scoundrel in life, and but you're supposed to say something nice. But the minister agreed. The whole town turned out for the funeral, and the minister began. This man you see in the coffin was a vile, debauched individual. He was a liar, a thief, a deceiver, a manipulator, a retrobate, and a hedonist. He destroyed the fortunes and careers of lives of countless people of this city, some of whom are here today. This man did every dirty, rotten thing that you could think of. But compared to his brother, he was a saint. I would say he got the $10,000. You can say what you want. We can say we are certain things. We can say we do certain things. But until we do what God has said we're supposed to do and we live how God says he wants us to live, then and only then can we say who we really are. That is believers and Christians. We're answering that question, what would Jesus do or what would Jesus undo? The first week we talked about spiritual apathy. We talked about what Jesus would undo in our lukewarm spirit. And he actually said that, you know, whether it be hot or cold because hot water was good, cold water was good, but the lukewarm water, he just wanted to spit out of his mouth. In fact, the word was he wanted to vomit the lukewarm. But then we also talked about hollow worship last week because Jesus wants all of our hearts. We talked about it's not the songs we sing, it's not the style of songs we sing, but it's the life that we live So there is something that Jesus would undo with us in our heart, I believe, today, and that is hypocrisy. Those who claim one thing, but they live another. So let me ask you this as we get started. How many of you would say, know a hypocrite in your life? How many would know a hypocrite? How many would say you're sitting beside a hypocrite? Don't answer too quick, you know. But that's the way it is. You see, hypocrisy is not an easy subject or a fun subject to talk about because it's one of those things that we don't really want to hear. So I just want you to know and want you to understand, I think God has a message for us today, okay? And we have to listen to the truth of the Scripture. So the first thing you outline is simply this. It's really, really easy to see hypocrisy in other people's lives, but it's not so easy to see hypocrisy in our own lives, Okay? It's easy to see in the person sitting next to you. 
It's easy to see in other people in the world today. It's easy to do all those things, but we never really see it in us, do we? Why is that? We never do anything wrong, right? Then if some, all of us know a hypocrite, and all of us are sitting by, some of you raised your hands, that you're sitting beside a hypocrite, how many of you would say that each of us have maybe some hypocritical ways in our life? In a lot of ways. We have to be honest, don't we? It's not easy, but it's true. There's an old church joke that when you try to get someone to go to church, what do they say a lot of times? I don't want to go to that church. It's full of hypocrites. You know, I hate that. I mean, it's just one of those deals. But we come back and we say, it's okay. You might as well join us. There's always room for one more. Right? And it's true. But you see, I think unfortunately we say that in a joking way, but that kind of dismisses a lot of pain that's in people's lives, a lot of pain that's in the churches, and a lot of experienced things that have happened in churches in painful ways. You see, there's a world full of people today that have had bad experiences in churches, whether it was on purpose or not, whether it's one of those things that it just happened or not. Somebody said something and didn't really mean it. They said it in passing, but it still was heard. And, you know, and people leave the church. And I just don't mean the local church. They don't go to any church. And that's where we get in trouble. I think that's what scares me the most. You see, I understand, and I would say Richard would understand in all years he was in ministry, was you're not always the church for that person. You know, you can't be the church for everybody, but you have to find the church where you fit in, the church where you're comfortable, the things that happen. But when we start doing things to make people upset where they leave and don't go to church, that's where we've got to be careful. There are some who've had that bad experience. And maybe you're sitting here today and you can actually say, well, Kurt, yeah, that's true because I've had that experience. You've had that bad experience. Maybe it's a painful experience and maybe it was something that, like I said, somebody said, maybe it was a minister, maybe it was a leader, maybe it was someone who was just here and there and it just happened. And they say something and they walk away from the church because of hypocrisy. Can I tell you something? Hypocrisy is a major sin. It really is. Hypocrisy is something that we don't often talk about. Hypocrisy is something that we just kind of brush aside. It's one of those things we make jokes about. Oh, just come on, there's always room for one more. And we're talking about a sin that Jesus talks about in a very serious way. And it's a sin we truly need to understand. Brandon Manning says this, The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. This is what the unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. That's hard, isn't it, to listen to? That that's one of the main reasons people call themselves atheists is because they see Christians all over the world say one thing. In other words, they go to church and they go to Sunday school and they do all these things, but they go out and they live in a world and they deny who Christ is by how we live. We say it this way. We deny Christ by what we post on Facebook. We deny Christ by how we treat other people. We deny Christ by those things in our life. You see, to understand hypocrisy, we have to understand what it is not. 
In your outline, it says this. Hypocrisy is not the difference between what we do and what we wish we did. It's not the difference between how we behave and how we wish we behave. Because we'll always say, well, I wish I didn't have that bad thought, but I did. I wish I didn't do these things, but I do. Okay? That's not what we're talking about. There is a difference between sin and hypocrisy, even though hypocrisy is a sin. There's a difference. The outline says this, hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we really are. What's another word for that? It's integrity. It's who we are when we're not around brothers and sisters. It's who we are when we're not around other believers. It's who we are at home by ourselves. It's who we are when nobody else is watching. Even though 99% of the time, if we're in the world, people are watching. And they're watching us. It is a difference between what we say and how we live. It is a difference between public identity and our private character. Because we, we all want people to think well of us. We all want to go into the world. We want people to say, oh, there's so-and-so. There's this person. Oh, they go to church, or they're this, or they're that in life. We want that in our life. And again, that's not a horrible thing. But if people are saying all these good things about you, but then you're living a whole different life, you're living that hypocritical life. And it's not easy. What would Jesus undo? I think he would undo the show when the real life isn't consistent with what we show. If you remember, I think we've talked about this before. In Jesus' day, in old Greek plays, they would wear a mask. Okay? So they would hide behind this mask because they would portray a character. Okay? And that's where we get the word hypocrite for. Okay, we come to church and everything's good, even though we argued all the way to church or we've had a bad week and we haven't done everything we're supposed to do. But we come in church and we put a smile on our face because everything's good. We don't to know anything any different. We put this mask up. That's being a hypocrite. Because we don't want anybody to know we're struggling. We don't want anybody to know we've got trouble. We don't want anybody to know that there's things in our life. And I want you to know this. Jesus hated this. He talked very directly about it. He said, anytime you are giving to be seen even. Okay? So he talks about in the Bible, if you're giving to be seen, so in other words, you're going to give your offering, so when the plates are passed, and I know people don't do this, but it's kind of the idea, you stand up and you take your billfold out and you pull out this $100 bill and you kind of wave it, you know, make sure everybody sees it, and, you know, place it in the plate, and, yep, I just gave that, sit back down. Jesus hates that. I do too, but that's beside the point. You know, he says being generous. Because if you want to be generous, be generous. But you don't have to do it so everybody can see it. He also talks about even in our prayers. Remember he talked about the Pharisees when they went to pray what they want to do? They wanted to go stand on the street corners. They'd go stand on the street corners and they would say, Oh! God, and they would start praying these big flowery prayers, and so everybody would say, oh, he's such a religious person. Listen to him pray, okay? I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus doesn't like that. He wants to hear our prayers even in our quiet times, by ourself times. How about fasting? He talks about fasting. 
We'd say, he says, when you fast, don't tell everybody you're doing it. Do it in your own way. But when he talks about being hypocritical about it, we're going to fast. So I'm going to stand up here and say, okay, folks, tomorrow morning, I'm going to start a seven-day fast, okay? Ain't happening, so don't even think about that. And I want, then by next Sunday, I go up and I say, you wouldn't believe everything I had to give up. Yeah, I couldn't get to the beef house. I didn't have donuts. I didn't do this. I just gave up so much. It was such, and Jesus is going, really? You know, there's nothing wrong with fasting. But he says, don't brag about it. Okay? That's what he's talking about. It's hypocrisy whenever you criticize someone for doing something Jesus says not to do, and then you do the same thing. That's hypocrisy. So we see somebody in the world today, and we see they're doing things, and it's sinful and all those things, and we say, how horrible is that? But then we go home and get on our computer and look at things we're not supposed to look at. We say, Boy, they're living the wrong life. But in the dark corner, I'm doing this. That's what he says hypocrisy is. And don't we do that? I mean, we see people all the time. We see how they dress, what they do, where they go. And we think, how horrible is that when we fail to see the sin in our own life, first and foremost? Now, I truly believe that, you know, the Bible says that we're not to judge. People says, well, you're not supposed to judge. I find... No, we do need to judge some. We need to judge our hearts. We need to judge our lives. And there's times where we have to have people in our life that will come alongside you and say, Dave, you need to think about this. Dale, you need to think about this. But you see, before I can do that for them, I better darn make sure my life is right first. Because it's so easy to see it in other people it's not so much easy to see it in me, is it? Why? Because I'm the preacher. Oh, Kurt's sinless, isn't he? Wrong again, reindeer breath. It's not happening, okay? So I got to make sure I'm good to go. But I want you to understand this. Jesus spoke very harshly when people put on this mask. But I want you to know there's hope for the hypocrite. It says this, we don't close the gaps with perfection. So what I mean by that is this, we don't close the gap by becoming perfect, we close the gap with Christ. We put Jesus first in our life. We make sure Jesus is at the base in everything that we do. We make sure Jesus is with us no matter what. We make sure no matter what we're doing, where we're at, we're representing who Christ is in our life. Even with that, I've got two groups of people that we need to talk about very quickly. Number one is the angry hypocrite. This is just the angry people, okay? They show one face, but their behaviors are very different. What I mean by that is this. They say, don't smoke, don't chew, don't run with girls who do. That's what they say. If you guys read FCA, you heard this. Okay, now I learned this in high school. Kissing gives germs. Germs are hated. Kiss me, baby. I'm vaccinated. Okay? <laughs> You're worried, aren't you? <laughs> so they say, don't smoke, don't chew, don't run with girls who do. But when the mask is off, they have these secret addictions to their own life. They proclaim don't do these things, but they live a whole different way. They show one face, but the behavior is very different. I just want you to know these people are creepy in my book. They're just plain creepy. 
when they go through life. So you know the angry hypocrites. They'll scream. And the only thing I can think of that would even come close to what's going on today is you watch the Supreme Court nomination. You know, all these people looking at this one guy saying, you did this and you did this. I could guarantee you every one of them, if they were investigated, would be found guilty of something. That's being a hypocrite, folks. That's exactly what this means. But then you also have the happy hypocrite. They're the ones acting, oh, so holy, okay? These people are creepy too, okay? They're the ones who are like, praise the Lord, brother, hallelujah, glory to God, he's so great to see you. You know, you know, everything is just holy, and they're just so oozing with it. But they just argued with the cop that pulled them over and cussed the cop out for giving them a ticket on the way to church. You think I'm crazy, but no, that's who we're talking about. They're the ones who laid on the horn to the one that just pulled out and may have waved with all five fingers, but one was more dominant. But they'll walk in and say, oh, praise the Lord, everything's great, hallelujah, all those things. <laughs> this is just wild to me, okay? And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I struggle with this. I mean, I really do. You know, there's so many times I want to tell somebody off, and I'm, you know, it's just like, ah, be good, Kurt, be good, you know, type thing. And that's also those people we judge, oh, look at what she's wearing, look at what they're wearing, and we never look at what we're wearing. And it may be not our dress, it may be in our hearts. There are these people that just, you know, they act one way, but in a whole different lifestyle in the dark. And I'm going to tell you something. This is what Jesus hated. When from the outside they would show one thing, but from the inside they were something very, very different. It's a mask that we put on. We want people to see one thing, but we live another. Paul describes hypocrisy this way in Titus 1.16. He says this, they claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. Okay, listen to what he says. He says, they are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. They claim to know God, but they do all this stupid stuff, and they're not good for anything. And then Jesus has a zero tolerance for hypocrisy. In Luke eleven thirty-seven through 41, he says this. It says, when Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash his hands before the meal. Uh-oh. Remember what we talked about Jewish tradition and how they were so picky about this cleanliness? Verse 39 says this, Then the Lord said to them, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people. Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as for what is the inside of you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. What Jesus is saying is this. When we allow the Holy Spirit to clean us up internally, people see it on the outside. But sometimes some, you don't, people don't see it. And I want us to understand that. When God cleans us up from the inside, it's between us and God. Okay, And that's what he's saying here. 
when we are internally cleaned and conformed, when God's word is transforming us, then what people will see on the outside will be portraying the goodness of God. And he's telling these Pharisees, you just wash the outside of the cup, but the inside is still dirty. That's being a hypocrite. When we portray a clean outside, but our hearts are dark, our hearts are dirty, our hearts are evil. And that's what he wants us to see. But there is hope for the hypocrite. If you remember one thing, remember this. Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrisy, but he has unlimited grace for a sinner in need of forgiveness. That's the good news, folks. Yes, we all may be hypocrites in some aspect of our life, whether it be big or small. We all may be struggling with this, but there is hope, and God has unlimited grace for us. But it's only when we drop the mask, it's only when we seek forgiveness, when we say, God, forgive me, heal me, redeem me, save me, change me, he always will say yes to those things. But we have to seek it. We have to remember also, Jesus did not come for those who appear righteous. Okay? I mean, he nailed the Pharisees and Sadducees over and over and over again because they appeared to be righteous who seemed healthy on the outside, who came for those who knew they were sick. He has unlimited grace for the sinner in need of grace and repentance. Many of us just need to drop the mask, okay? And I know that's hard. I know it's hard to be one honest with ourselves, but it's hard to be honest with other people, you know, and say, you know, yes, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that, because, again, we don't want people to know we have these struggles, but we are who we say we are. It's not easy, but it's something we need to do. If it's not with somebody else, it's between us and God. Just be honest with who you are with God. Listen, we have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. You have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. I asked the FCA kids on Thursday if they've ever told a lie, and almost every hand went up. And I would imagine the same thing would be with us today. Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever lied so far today? You know, type thing. And, you know, which I, well, maybe. You know, you have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. If you're always telling the truth, if you're living the truth, and you're doing what God wants us to do, there's nothing we have to worry about. There's nothing we have to hide. We have nothing to fear in a community of grace when we ask for help. And that's what we've got to understand. And I think that's one of the things we get scared about in church. Well, if I come clean with some of these things in my life, what are people going to say? And I'm going to tell you right now, if they say anything negative, they're not doing what God asks us to do. When somebody comes clean before God with you, the only thing God asks us to do is to love them, forgive them, accept them, and encourage them to continue on. It's not our place to sit there and point the finger and say, ooh, man, that's bad. You know, that's not what he asks us to do. Proverbs 28, 13 says this. He says, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. You see, when we drop the mask and we are honest, we will find true power. We will find what it truly means to live for Christ. So understand this. You are only as strong as you are honest. 
We're only as strong as we are honest with God in our life, being truthful to Him. You see, we are not perfect people living in a perfect life, pleasing God in a perfect way. There's not a one of us sitting here this morning that could say that. But I'm pretty sure we all can say this. We are sinners. We struggle. We're afraid. Sometimes we're inconsistent. I'm pretty sure we all can say that. We do this and we do that. We have those thoughts that we, we don't want to have. We don't want to go back to the old way of life, but sometimes we just do for some reason. And it just happens. But when we drop the mask, we find mercy and grace in the presence of God. Understand, Jesus hates hypocrisy. He hates it when we say one thing and do another. That we say we're going to live, live, live this way, but we live another. And we portray this life of righteousness when in all truthfulness there's really very little righteous about us. So what we have to do is the last thing from Psalms 139. We simply need to ask God to search us. It's another one of those scary prayers, really. We talked about a couple weeks ago about that prayer, God, do something in me that's different than I'm used to. This is another one of those prayers, God, search me. Listen to what the psalmist says in one Psalms 139. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me to the way of everlasting. Test me, know me, know my anxious thoughts. Wow. We truly ask God to search us to see if there's any way in us that we need to change. It could get scary. But I can also tell you, if it's scary and we're honest, if we do it, I guarantee you it's freeing and it's powerful. Simple prayer. Search me, O oh God.